Hello and welcome to Failsafe Fitness Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. My name is Michael Joshua, I am the owner and lead programmer for Failsafe Fitness Limited and welcome to the show. What we do here is personal training, nutrition and weight management and golf performance. So if you're looking for any of those things, feel free to contact us via the links in the description, via the website, on the phone, we can do online or in person. We can get you fitter, leaner, healthier, and a better golfer, all in one neat little package. Welcome to the show then. My name, as I said, is Michael Joshua. And if you've listened to any of the podcasts previously over the last sort of 14 weeks, then this is season two. Golf season is here. And the title of this show is The Masters 2023. So I'll be getting into that and all the controversy that surrounds that this year. We will also be doing your exercise of the week. So whether you're a golfer or whether you're just looking to get yourself fitter, in general, then I will be dishing out that exercise of the week that you can try or even add to your current routine. We're going to do a little bit of a nutrition tip. This week's a good one. It's one of my favorites. And also I'll be talking about golf and the golf tip of the week, which I think is going to be a controversial one this week. Uh, and if anybody agrees with me, please let me know. If anybody doesn't agree with me, let me know. But it's not just one thing this week. It's all about etiquette and three things that I think everyone can do better. So we'll talk about what I've been up to this week. Um, and it's pretty much been the same for the last six weeks. I've been working as a greenkeeper at my local course. I'm also the nasty man that looks after the handicaps as the handicap secretary, and I'm also the golf performance coach now. <coughs> so I've got more than one role at the job at the golf course, uh, and I'm also you know, self-employed, so a lot of this is done, the greenkeeping is done through my company, uh, Failsafe Fitness and also I'm trying to build a business this year because it's the first time I will be concentrating on golf performance rather than sports performance so I've worked with a couple of boxers, I've worked with a couple of footballers, a couple of rugby players, got them back from injury, got them back into the sport or just got them back moving well after retiring. So this is my first year into full-on golf performance for the general public and not an athlete. So it's going to be an interesting uh, interesting year for me, but I'm dead excited. It's going to be good. And as I said, the last six weeks have, have had a bit of a repetitive story. So golf course is almost ready to open. We're about ready to start cutting we do this, we do that, and then rain comes, or snow comes, or more rain comes, or snow and rain comes. Um, so this week's been pretty much similar. We got some, most of the bits cut, so we've managed to get some surrounds cut. Greens have been cut by hand. We've got some nice fertilizer on them, and hopefully very, very soon, 
before the Masters kicks off this week. We're hoping that the course will be open and we'll be taking bookings and we'll be getting people back playing. So that's basically my week. Um, obviously, taxman's around the corner, so we're all everyone who's self-employed is trying to get things put together for that. And it, it'd be nice to get out and get a few games in myself. I've been in the gym. I've got a new small program. I'm trying to work on it. I'm trying to be consistent. I'm trying to be consistent for the last three months. It hasn't really worked because of my inconsistent hours at work. So now I've got a program that's literally going to take me 35 minutes to do. So I've got no excuse to put 90 minutes of my life to one side to get my workouts in and then probably dedicate at least another 30 minutes to an hour to some form of cardio exercise and playing golf is going to be four five six hours a week for me so i'll be getting my cardio in via that and that's been my week not being fun not being great not been terribly exciting to be honest all my clients that i've had have now hit their goals so we had one client out of six that started personal training with me in January. They were struggling a little bit through the middle. We were a little bit way off in terms of, not way off, but we were a little bit off in terms of where they wanted to be. But they've put some muscle mass on. We're, a couple of, we're about a percent or two away from the target that we had set. They've actually lost the inches that we needed to. Now they've got the diet back under control the last couple of weeks. And we did a, a test today and they, they've, in the 10 things that I we looked at and we agreed to test on, they've actually improved in eight out of those 10. And that's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Most of my clients have gone eight, nine, 10, or even 12 or 13 out of the 15 things that I, I have as basic tests to prove to them that what they're doing is working so all of my clients have hit their goals have pretty much hit most of their goals and it's been fantastic to see I've got my golfing clients that were coming for personal training as well they've seen some distance gains and hopefully when the course that I work at is open we can get them in and just work on a little bit of short game trimming some putting chipping and putting around greens is something they said they've been struggling with so once the, my course is open, we can go and do that. I have the facilities, full facilities available to me to go and do that. So yeah, I'm very proud of the, the start of the year. The business has been quite good and quite booming. And hopefully throughout the summer, this success will continue with clients who come to me with their chipping and, and their exercise and their nutrition goals. It's going to be a, a good year. And this week is just, just kind of topped those last 13 or so weeks off quite nicely so yeah good week very good week and it'll be an even better week for you guys out there so exercise of the week something that i think a lot of people do struggle with especially as you get older we get the beer belly uh, we sit down too much we don't do a lot of, of exercise this is one one simple exercise that if you've got a, a clock or a digital watch or a mobile phone, which we all have, you can download a little timer for this. 
and the exercise for this week is actually the bog standard plank so if that sounds familiar it's a very very boring move but it can absolutely destroy your arms your back and your abs so planks are all well and good but they don't leave you um, you know feeling like you've been in a car accident <laughs> but they are very good at giving you some strength in your arms and some strength in your core and your core is used for everything especially when you're playing golf or tennis or most sports your movements come from your core so having a strong core a strong midsection this is one of the best and easiest exercises you can do so there are a couple of ways you can do the plank you can either do the um, pretend you're a table one straight line from the from the from the base of your neck all the way down to your to your bum make that a nice big straight line imagine that you are at the top of a push-up and you're going to hold that position or you can do it with bent arms so on your elbows you can clasp your hands together if you want to or lay them flat and you can pretend I like to it sounds really stupid but I like to pretend that I'm a coffee table of some sort and I'm just trying to hold a mug of tea in the small of my back nice and flat and this exercise is going to help build those triceps it's going to build the shoulders it's going to help strengthen your core and how I'd recommend that is a 20-40 split if you've never done it before so I want you to you know four sets which is you know four four times doing this exercise I want you to hold a full plank at the top of a pressure position for 20 seconds and then I want you to rest for 40 seconds and then on the second set I want you to use the bent elbow version pretend you're a coffee table you've got a drink in your small back that you don't want to spill you've got to keep that that back nice and straight or neutral as we like to call it don't let the the, back, the lower back sag try and keep that as flat as you can as if you're just a piece of string pulling it to the ceiling and again 20 seconds and 40 seconds rest repeat those two exercises and once you're finding oh that's quite easy or you're not you know some would say shaking like a shitting dog is is the fact uh, at the end of that fourth set then go for 30 30 and then the 40 20 once you hit the 40 20 you should be able then to go for like something like a, a 50 50 split of a minute on minute off and then just increase it from there so give that exercise a go the, the basic plank is one of the best exercises you can do for your core it's going to help you in your everyday life. It's going to help you with your exercise regime. It's going to help you be a more functional human being. And that's your exercise of the week. Nutrition tip of the week is one of my personal favorites. It's something that when I was crossfitting a, a few, two or three years ago now, in fact, it's been longer than that. Yeah, it was pre-COVID, I was at CrossFit, so yeah, 2019 was the last time, so wow, three years. Crikey, time flies when we're having fun, doesn't it? So my pre-routine 
to go to CrossFit if it was either early morning or even, you know, I was going after work but not after dinner. I would basically go and I would have a peanut butter and jam like sandwich or peanut butter and well peanut butter and jelly as what the Americans would call it but peanut butter and jam sandwich or a peanut butter and jam um, bagel so cinnamon bagel with peanut butter on and a little bit of jam as well so <clears throat> this snack is absolutely perfect I mean there's nothing better than peanut butter and jam either on toast or a bagel it's going to help recharge those muscles it's 95% cheaper than buying a protein bar and giving or in a high energy bar and it's going to give you it's quick it's easy and going to give you you know the fructose and the jam is going to give you some instant energy and regular peanut consumption can also help cut overeating for the rest of the day so have a slice of peanut butter and jelly peanut butter and jam or have a bagel and peanut butter and jam before you go and work out it's going to give you roughly around 30 grams of you know carbohydrates it's going to give you 10 grams at least of muscle building protein so you can and it's also going to give you that high fructose um, jam is also going to give you that instant sugar hit to help raise your spirits give you some energy straight away the peanut butter and the, and the carbs are going to burn a little slower releasing probably towards the end of your workout if you've got a 10-15 minute drive and then you're working out for an hour an hour or 90 minutes then those, that peanut butter is going to keep you and that protein is going to keep you infused with energy throughout the entirety of your workout so and instead of paying three quid or four quid or sometimes I've seen them for nearly five pounds protein bars this peanut butter and jelly peanut butter and jam sandwich bagel is going to give you is going to save you some money for one and it's going to give you the energy to get through your workout so yeah that's my tip if you're either you know breakfast time or mid-morning snack or even before the gym go and get yourself a peanut butter and jam or peanut butter and jelly sandwich toasty or bagel and it's going to give you save you some money and give you the energy you need to carry on for the rest of your day rest of your workout moving on to the title of the show masters 2023 now this is where a lot of you guys and girls have asked me over in recent weeks what do you think is going to happen at the masters golfers are going to turn up they're going to play four rounds of golf someone's going to win that's it that's what normally happens at a golf tournament Yes, there's been a lot of sarcastic comments towards the live golfers, that Saudi-backed um, invitational league that it currently is because they have no way of getting official world rankings with a no-cut 54-hole events. 
and they've already cut players from that league. So players that played back in London last year have already been cut from the series. They're no longer on that tour. They've burnt all their ties with the DP World Tour and PGA Tour. So they're having to go and play on the Asian Tour to get world rankings, which is a little sad. And I think the idea of live golf is good. The way it's being put out there in the public and the way it's being handled in terms of, of an actual ranking events, I think has been absolutely terrible. The team aspect thing was interesting for a while, but I could probably name you half a dozen of those teams, but the rest don't really interest me at all. I have no knowledge of who half of those guys are, let alone what the teams are called. So, you know, 18 of those live golfers, including Cam Smith, who won the Open last year, is going to be at the Masters. And people are saying, oh, they shouldn't go. They'll be tired by the time Sunday comes around if they make the cut because they're used to playing 54 holes. Golf is golf, and I get it. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. The whole thing with Liv is that the players, I think the players who went thought that they'd get away with being able to play in the major events, thought that they might be able to play on the DP World Tour by leaving the PGA. But the DP World Tour, formerly European Tour, and the PGA Tour strengthened its its sort of itself with each other. They allied together. And I think there's there's four or, four or seven events or something like that that are now split between the DP World Tour and the PGA World Tour, the PGA Tour. And they're on the same schedule. So the big guys can go and play the likes of Genesis and the Open, US Open, US PGA, things like that. And obviously the live guys are not earning more ranking points because there's no punishment for being on the tour. And I have some thoughts about that, but we'll go further down the line. But the 18 guys that are playing at Augusta, a lot of them in a couple of years or so. I mean, Kepka, I think, won his last major in 2019. So he's got this year and maybe next year. And if he doesn't win one of the four majors, giving him exemption. And in, in the two-year period, Liv don't find a way of getting more ranking points then he'll never play another major tournament again. And there's always been already been rumours that he's one of the few that has had buyer's remorse. He's bought into the live culture and he's now regretting the fact that he doesn't get to play some of the bigger events like the players, like the Arnold Palmer, uh, the Bay Hill events, you know, things like that. And I think it will be tense. I think the players... There will be a little niggling. We know Rory's been on his high horse and said all money from Saudi Arabia is not good. But again, the little tick on his shirt made by Nike, if you scratch that surface a little bit deeper, their moral compass isn't 
too great either. But he took 200 million from them. So, you know, make of that what you will. And at the end of the day, I think anyone out there who gets asked by another firm, you can, instead of coming four days a week, I don't want you to work three, but we're going to pay you four times as much. I don't think there's a, there's a person out there in the world that wouldn't consider that. But getting back to the Masters, it's going to be an interesting because of that. I think that's going to be the one. But also, you know, people are saying rolling back the ball and Augusta has, has bought property around itself to lengthen the golf course because of players are too long. But at the end of the day, as I've, I've said before in private, and I'm going to say now, golf courses need to learn, especially professional golf courses that are being picked, either need to learn how to set the golf course up to make it more difficult to force players to hit irons off tees instead of driver or three wood. You know, fitting a bunker in at 270 or 280 is going to force players to try and carry it 300 yards rather than it landing at 280 and rolling to 320. You know, thicker rough, more punishing rough, more difficult pin positions. You know, those things make a golf course hard to play. We've seen that in recent weeks at the likes of Bay Hill and Sawgrass. The, you know, the greens got firmer. They got more difficult to play. So, it makes it more interesting and adding 30 yards to each tee isn't making a difference because the player is just going to hit it harder and longer with better capable equipment. So for the likes of Augusta and the open championship courses, because the ones here in, in the UK are not great. They're not massively long. They're barely touching 7,000 yards at a push. So when, when PGA Tour events are going to you know, seven and a half, eight thousand yard golf courses in the future. <clears throat> a lot of the clubs that are on that list aren't going to be able to do that because they don't have the space to put another three or four hundred yards onto their golf course. So the masters and the way it's set up and the golf courses are set up should be difficult. These are the best players in the world. <clears throat> And the, the conflicts between the live guys, I'm hoping that some of them get put together. I mean, who wouldn't want to see Garcia and Rory in a group? That'd be awesome. Just to see how they get on for the first couple of days. Or Billy Horschel and uh, Ian Poulter, who had some words with the BMW last year. It's going to be an interesting week. But the thing that makes me saddest of all about the Masters in 2023 is reading the stories coming from Gary Player. Now, as a kid, Gary Player was already probably past his prime when I was growing up, but I love the guy. The guy's 86 years of age. He's won more competitions than anyone on the planet, I think. He's the most fun guy, and anyone who knows golf knows that he and Jack Nicholas hit the opening tee shots. And I read a story that has slowly spread across other publications about the fact that, you know, at 86 years of age, for him and his grandsons to go and play golf before the Masters, or even at any time, and this guy, is he's won it three times, 
he finished in the top 10 like 15 times. He and the likes of Jack Nicholas recently put the Masters as the lowest ranked of the majors. Now, a lot of people tend to go either Masters or Open at the top, US Open is third, and ranked bottom is the US PGA. No one seems to care about the US PGA for whatever reason. But both Nicholas and Gary Player have put Augusta at the bottom of their list. They've put the Open at the top, the US Open second, US PGA third, and then the Masters at the bottom. And it turns out that Gary Player at 86 has done so much for the Masters and for the world of golf that he has to literally beg, openly beg, members of Augusta to let him go and play. And a guy of his calibre, a guy of his stature, a guy that has done He's dedicated his life to the sport. Even after he's retired, he still goes round, travels the world, teaching, you know, amateurs, professionals, giving seminars around the world at 86 years of age. He's still doing that. And as active as he is, I, I hope to be anywhere half as fit as he is at his age at 86, has to do that to get around a golf at Augusta is disgusting. I mean, there's been a few online comments that, you know, Gary should be stripped of his green jackets and that he has no respect for the course. And he doesn't have any respect for the course because he helped build the Masters to what it is. It is a beautiful golf course. It is on many people's bucket lists to go and play. If you're a golfer, you to go and play Augusta. But I think the way that they've treated, they've treated him and there's been, I've read a few other stories of similar incidents um, with other players. I mean, Nick Faldo did a, a podcast with Rick Shields last year. And Nick said, I'm a three-time winner of the Masters. And I can't just go and turn up and have a round. You're not an honorary member. You have to go and get a member to play around the golf at the Masters. To, to play around at Augusta, Georgia... You need to be with a member, even though he's won the damn thing again three times. And I'm pretty sure that's the same for Jack Nicholas and all the other guys that are, that are wearing a green jacket. So it's an interesting 2023. There's that going on with the terms of the legacy of Augusta. There's the live golfers coming into play, but for how long? How many of them, those guys, I mean, maximum... It's going to be Cam Smith, which is going to be 2027, and his exemptions run out, and he's done. So 2027, you may never see another live golfer play a major tournament, which when you look at some of the guys that they've got in that field, is a shame. But sometimes, you you know, you make decisions based on what you the knowledge you know at the time. And... To not see some of those guys at the Masters, like Joaquin Neiman, I think he's a wonderful golfer. I don't understand quite understand why he went. He secured his future, yes, but has he tarnished his future and his potential legacy on the PGA Tour or in the golfing world? So the Masters is, is a very controversial one this year, and it will be for the next two or three years until Livy they get well ranking points or they don't and all their players 
exemptions run out. And of course, the legacy of the Masters, it's a beautiful golf course. It's got slightly longer and they've they spent millions buying property up. But and again, going back to my thoughts on the golf game, instead of extending tees 30 yards, shorten them. Especially the likes of Augusta, you've got Race Creek running through it. There's bunkers everywhere. Set the golf course up to be harder. They're either going to have to hit a driver to hit the green, which the greens are quite small at Augusta, or they're going to have to hit five wood or driving iron off the tee and then wedge it in. I'd rather see some people do that. I'd rather than play iron wedge than driver wedge any day. So, 2023 Masters. Controversial or not, let me know. What do you think about the Gary Player situation? What do you think about two of the greats in Gary Player and Jack Nicholas putting the Masters at the bottom of their majors list? In fact, I think Jack Nicholas said if the Players was a major tournament, it would it would even be above the Masters. So that's you know, but he didn't receive half as much hate online as Gary Player. Winning the Masters, my tips for the Masters, I, I'd i like to see Tommy Fleetwood do it, but I don't think, I don't know whether he got in. I'm unsure. I think he made it at time of writing or time of talking. I don't, I'm not sure whether he made it into uh, the Masters. But I'd like to see Minwoo Lee go, go well. I think he's done really, really well over the last couple of years. He won a Genesis uh, a couple of years ago. He needs a. He nearly won the other week on the PGA Tour, but I'm hoping that he can do it at Augusta, and that would be amazing because his sister is uh, is already a, a major winner. So it would be nice to, for him, as the little brother, to to have a have a trophy. So I go Mimuli if you're going to have a bet each way, get the top ten or something like that, especially with him having the record back nine. And that's my thoughts on the Masters. So the things that are going on, live golfers, you know, what Jack and Gary have said, and my tip for the winner. Final part of the show is normally a golf tip section. But these aren't golf these are these are golf tips, but they these are three things that every golfer should do in the golfing etiquette. And it's three things that I don't think everybody does do. I know when I play at my golf course, and I play at other golf courses, I see these and I go, what the hell? And it's disrespectful because other people have got to do something that someone else should have done. So let's get into them. Golfing etiquette, people, is the basis in which the sport should be played. So along with letting people through, if you're, you're only as fast as the person in your, your group. So if you've got a really slow guy who's taken three shots to get up to you guys, let the groups behind go. You will, you're waiting for your friend to find his ball or hit it 30 yards every time. So let the groups behind go. That's not one of the etiquettes, by the way. That's just something you should damn well do. But these three etiquettes are raking bunkers, Repairing pitch marks and divots. Especially when your golf course is busy. 
Now, this is something I think repairing pitch marks is inexcusable. Especially when I've seen pitch marks that are inside three feet of the hole. You've got a T-peg in your pocket. Your bag is full of them. If you don't have a pitchfork, use a T-peg. Repair that mark. Because someone's going to have to come along, repair that. And if it's been there for a couple of three hours over a lunchtime and it's hot, that pitch mark is going to be a big bobble. And green, as a greenkeeper, nothing annoys us more than going around swishing greens on a night, knowing that the last two or three groups that went through, so that's 12 people, haven't repaired a single pitch mark. So on nine greens, there's 12 pitch marks. <laughs> and you get where I'm going with this. That math is astronomical. So we're having to go around and repair them, and of course they've been left overnight or whatever. That instead of taking a, a couple of days to fully repair, it's going to be two or three weeks. And then people moan about the greens being bumpy. There's your answer, guys. If you have any respect for the game of golf, or you have any respect for yourself, repair your damn pitch marks. Leading into this, divots and this is a, a a contesting thing as well people go well my divot exploded it's everywhere okay i get that it happens but when you see a divot the size of an a4 notepad and it's three or four inches or three or four feet in front of you pick it up and put it back because that, that, that A4 notepad divot isn't going to repair. You're basically creating a new bunker. So put your divots back, people. Even if you're old and frail and you're only out for a laugh, you're creating divots. Put them back. The same with pitch marks. As a younger person in your group, pay them a pounded pitch mark or give them a tenner or pay for their golf and get them to repair your divots and your pitch marks. Because I'm pretty sure if you're playing a friendly match or in a friendly group and there's a couple of elderly gentlemen who, who haven't repaired them, just say, look, I'll do it for you. Be nice. Do something nice for somebody else and not just somebody else, for every other golfer that comes through your golf course. Replace your divots, repair your pitch marks. And as I said, the first one, and I know there's some contention over if your ball's in a divot and you should be able to move it. Well, I'm not in a divot that often. And if you are, I feel sorry for you, you playing at that course. I'd probably move courses or at least tell the golf course to put somebody out on the course to get people to repair their divots and their pitch marks. The moving the golf ball, I don't think there's anything worse. In a divot, I kind of expect it in a fair way. It's going to happen at some point during a season. I'm going to be in a divot. Someone hasn't replaced it or it's exploded and it's wet or whatever. You're going to be in a divot. Fine, I'll accept it. But the one thing I will not accept from any golfer anywhere is to be in someone's goddamn footprint in a bunker. I get it. If it's in, you know, a badly rigged bunker 
and it's up against the lip of a bit of a rake, at least someone has raked the bunker. If I'm in a size 9 Adidas footprint, I'm not a happy damn bunny. I think that the divot rule, being able to move it out of a divot, should be abolished. And every golfer around the world should argue that if your ball is in a footprint in a bunker, you should be able to pick that ball up, rake it flat the way it should be, and drop it in from knee height. If it plugs, it plugs. If it doesn't, you've got away with it. You were going to be in the bunker anyway. But at least you've created the best opportunity for you to be in that bunker. Rather than being a size 9 Adidas footprint that someone couldn't be asked to rake. So, little recap. Rake your bunkers. I've actually watched people as a greenkeeper walk through a bunker from the left-hand side, hit their shot from the right-hand side, walk back out of it, and not rake a single footprint. And I've actually, I've actually drove up to that group on the next tee and said, I've actually watched you do that. There's a rake right next to you. You've walked round the rake to get into the bunker. So there are more than just you playing the golf course. Rake your bunkers. Repair your pitch marks and replace your divots if possible. If not, flatten that divot down. Stamp on it, tread on it, level it out. So at least if it is a divot, you've got more than likely a chance of the ball being in the middle of the divot rather than lay up against the edge or the back of it. And that's my golf tip of the week. Do those three things. Do everybody a favor. Do your friends a favor. The group that plays at 4 o'clock in the afternoon a favor. If you're the guys that tee off at 8 a.m. Repair your pitch marks. Replace your divots and rake your damn bunkers. And we'll all be a happy, wondrous little golf family. And that about wraps it up for the show this week. If you do want any help with your training your personal training, your golf training, your sports training, your nutrition and weight management goals. I also do some massage and kinesiology as well. If you want any of that, get in touch. All the links are in the description. Please don't forget as well, we have the website. And on the website, there is a blog. And the blog post this week if you've been following it over the last few weeks, we've done a beginner's guide to fat and carbohydrates and proteins. And we've also done some nice little recipes. So snacks that you can take to the golf course, you can take to work, you can take to the gym. And this week is beginner's guide to metabolism. So whether that is based on your genetics, on the, you know, your body type, etc., etc., your body weight, how much muscle you have, etc., etc. If you are interested in how your metabolism works for you, there is a beginner's guide to metabolism on the blog right now. Go and have a read. You'll find some very interesting stuff. And that is it from me for this week. Episode 2 of Season 2 We've talked a little bit about what I think about the Masters. We've said you're going to go and plank this week, 20-40, 30-30, or 40-20.
you can go and grab yourself a PB&J butty to take to the gym or before the gym or for your breakfast or a mid-morning stack to grab yourself some 30 grams of beautiful carbs and 10 grams of wonderful protein and also the etiquette side of golf. Do these three things, make everybody's life easier. In fact, do the four things. Let that group through that are sit on the, sitting on the tee or sitting behind you on the fairway. Rake your bunkers, repair your pitch marks and replace those divots. People, have a wonderful week. I've been Michael Joshua. This is Felsafe Fitness Podcast. We'll see you in episode number three.